Hello everybody and welcome to this edition of the All The Anime Anime Limited podcast. The day we are recording this is Friday the 15th of September. It's far later than we normally record it. But this is what happens when you, uh, you try and go down to London for a day to watch some football. A lot of stuff happens. You try and get back in good time and then more stuff happens. This is just the way it rolls, everybody. But either way, we still recorded a podcast this week keeping up our weekly schedule. I am Jeremy Graves. Welcome to the office studio, where I am joined on this particular edition of the show by Andy Hanley. All on his own, I've basically barricaded the door. So if you hear any banging noises, it's just the rest of Anime Limited trying to get in on the podcast. But I'm not going to let them. It's just me this time. So congratulations, everyone. You are today joined by what? What grade squad are we? <laughs> some might say a star squad. I'm well. Yes. Yeah, some, some some might say that we're just. I don't know, we're the, the youth team or something. <laughs> we're the reserves. Yeah. <laughs> or, hang on, wait. Okay, technically we could actually say we are the England, we are Team England. At the yes, moment, yeah. Because it isn't all England. Yeah, we're, we're two-thirds of Team England, I guess. Mm. There you go, two-thirds of Team England. But yes, everybody, welcome to the programme. I'm going to be straight up with you. Although by the time you're hearing this, you'll know how long it's going to be. We've got no idea how long we're going. This may be about 20 minutes or so. This may go on for far longer than we think. But we've got, so we've got a lot of variety of things that we can talk about. Not necessarily on this occasion things we've been watching. Because uh, in terms of personal lives and stuff, there's been a lot going on recently. Including the fact, Andy, you now are in a real house. Yes, yeah. I finally got to sleep in my own bed for the first time in like six weeks last night, which was nice. Although I did have to make the bed and find where the tools to make said bed were. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't ever move house if you listen to this. It's far too much hassle. Just stay where you are. But now, the question that everybody is wondering... Did all of your figurines survive the journey and the haulage? I haven't checked yet, but I think so. Like, I've opened all the boxes and I didn't have any disturbing moments where heads rolled out at me or anything. <laughs> so I think everything is okay, but I've not got as far as unwrapping my figures yet. So that's, okay. that's on the to-do list. Still. So what do you think the first figure will be that you find? Like, have you got them all packed in a certain way or...? <laughs> no, no, there's nothing quite that fancy. I did find uh, Asuka's helmet. So uh, <laughs> that's that's probably going to be towards the top of the list because I have a Katabuki Asuka figure from Evangelion who she, she kind of holds her uh, her helmet separately. So that was like packed in its own own little bit of bubble wrap, and I did I did I did find that at the top of a box. So I think she's she's in there somewhere. That's carrying attention to detail right there. <laughs> So everybody, got to pay the bills a little bit, but also some really cool stuff to mention. First of all, thank you very much to all of you who came out to our Night is Short UK premiere in Glasgow and the special event at Picture House Central in London this past Monday at the time we are recording. Both events were fantastic. So many people came out. The London screening in particular sold out and actually got upgraded into a bigger screen, which is fantastic, and then sold out again. It sold out by the time Masaki Rasa actually got to the building. It was totally sold out. And uh, from what you were saying, Andy, because I know you were on hosting duties for the for the London uh, event, uh, he was kind of mobbed like a superstar. Yeah, it was it was quite something. You know, uh, actually, when I kind of first got to the cinema before the screening, Yuasa uh, San turned up and immediately somebody recognised him and took a selfie with him before you know <laughs> before you know many people were even there. But yeah, when he left, like you know, we had a good old long spell outside the cinema with people posing 
him for photos with him, which, uh, you know, is, is really cool. Like, he was amenable to it all, and uh, it was really nice to see, you know, people, A, recognising him. Like, it's always nice to be recognised when you've, you've done something like that. And, uh, yeah, like, people were, were you know, really... Uh, really into his work which uh, obviously is always a nice thing when you're a director I would imagine yeah, definitely and even going from from the event in Glasgow as well the, the, the premiere event like it was it was very interesting how his observations between the two different audiences like he noticed some very curious things like the reaction in Glasgow wasn't necessarily as loud mm. but you could tell that everyone was really concentrating and taking it in whereas you were telling me in London everyone was just laugh out loud yeah yeah it was a much more kind of it was much more obvious to to kind of see people enjoying it simply because people were more kind of audible about it. Mm. But you know, it's a, a British audiences can sometimes be be more reserved. I mean, not not as much so as the Japanese, but I guess the US has been to to a lot of screenings around the world of his films, so he's kind of used to a certain response, I guess, from Western audiences. And well, I suspect the Brits don't always match up to that because we we tend to be a bit more quiet with some of these things. But no, the the London screening was fantastic, atmosphere wise, from from beginning to end. So. Uh, so yeah, all, all good stuff, and it was a, a really, uh, really enjoyable to uh, to spend some time with, uh, with such an awesome director. Yeah, really, really cool guy, and and we know for a fact he enjoyed the trip so much he would love to come back again soon. So whether that will happen soon or not, who knows at this stage? Because it literally only happened this week. It's a bit too early to tell, but trust us guys if we can bring him back we're gonna try yeah because yeah. he really enjoyed himself yeah the, the pressure's on him now he's got to make some more cool films for us to, to screen over here so that we can bring him back over so so really it's, it's all on US sound to make something else awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, should note right now everybody if you want to catch Knight's short walk on girl there will be screenings in selected cinemas around the UK on the 4th of October and intruder alert intruder alert it's Keith. What are you doing here? I'm flying in and out to grab this for the boss man. You're grabbing... You've raided the podcast to grab soda water. It's important. He's got to talk at people about business. I'm insulted. <laughs> are, we, are we editing that out or are we leaving No, we're going to leave it in. Leaving that in. Sorry. Okay. I'm leaving it in. Bye. Keith raiding the podcast to grab soda water. Through, through the looking glass here, this is how business operates. This is how you get on in the anime industry. Yeah, there you go. Raiding rooms for water at every given <laughs> opportunity. But as I was saying to everybody, Night of Short Walk on Girl will be getting screened in selected cinemas around the UK on 4th of October. Now, there are some locations already, I believe, that have their tickets up. We have got a dedicated ticket site that we'll be launching once everywhere has got their tickets up. That site is thenightishortmovie.co.uk. Currently, when you go there, it is a holding page with, with the big poster art and it says tickets coming soon. As soon as those tickets are on sale, we will shout about it, people, because we want to make sure you get a chance to see this. I believe it's Odeon Cinemas that currently have their listings up. So if you go on Odeon Cinemas' website, search for Night is Short, you should be able to see where they are going to be screening it. Yeah, indeed, yeah. And I think some other cinemas have their own kind of holding pages up and so on and so forth. But it sounds like next week, you know, everything will hopefully come together and we'll be able to, to give you the whole shebang. Indeed. And uh, you know what, also talking about... Uh, 
Masaki Yuasa's work. Also, don't forget, Lou Over the Wall will be coming to cinemas on 6th of December, if I have my dates correct. That is correct. So you will be able to catch that work of his as well, which, interestingly, as he mentioned during uh, what the Q&A in Glasgow specifically, because mm. it's the one I was hosting, that that was actually made before Night is Short. Yes, yeah, I, I think uh, that... It's easy to get confused with that, given that we're we're screening them the other way around here. But yes, yeah, Lou Over the Wall is the the first film, and also worth mentioning if you're in London, as I made note of multiple times when I was hosting the London portion of the Q and A. Um, it is uh, screening at the London Film Festival on the 14th and 15th of October as well. So if you're in the London area and want to see it early, there's your chance. I think tickets are on sale now for that, so you should be able to to get in quick because I suspect it might sell out quite fast. Yeah, because we noticed last year when Your Name, uh, which obviously in itself is a bit of an anomaly yeah. in the anime world, but the, the tickets for that got snapped up quick. Yeah. And also, just any time there is any kind of anime-based title or animation at the London Film Festival, it always goes down really well from what I've heard. Yeah, I mean, I think that that festival in particular, like, people know it is a tentpole of good film. So, you know, regardless of anime or otherwise, tickets will go very quickly for, for that stuff. Um, and that obviously includes anime specifically. So, uh, so yeah, yeah get, in, uh, get in quick when you can. And I mentioned your name here. I will, I will be honest, Andy, this was not intended to be a segue, but I managed to make it one that's worked out quite well. We, we should have just got, run with it and pretended that I, it was. I know, right? But um, at the time we are recording this, we've literally, in about the last 10, 15 minutes, published details of our limited deluxe edition version of your name. Oh, oh excuse me. That didn't work, did it? So there was a lot of shouting at the football last night, everybody. So yes, if you go to blog.alltheanime.com or go on our Facebook and Twitter, you can get the link to be taken to the post where we detail what is going to be included in this release. First and foremost, first and foremost everybody, the detail you really need to know is this release is exclusive to both Zavi.com and our AllTheAnime.com web shop. Zavi will be listing it at the time we're recording. We're expecting it to be any day now. It's going to be imminent, so keep an eye out, and we'll update the blog posts accordingly to have that link. Then you'll be able to pre-order it a bit further down the line from our AllTheAnime.com web shop, but the listing is up now. But Mr. Andy, enlighten everybody. What can people expect from this limited deluxe edition version of your name? Indeed. So um, the unsurprising part is it will contain the film, Your Name, on uh, both Blu-ray and DVD. Um, I know, <laughs> shocking. Um, the contents of that is going to be the same as the, the other editions, so you know, don't expect anything different in terms of on-disc content. Um, it is worth noting, as we've mentioned in, in the blog post as well, is that we have... Um, gone away and done some work with regards to the audio options for the film. Um, I know a lot of people were disappointed that there wasn't going to be the possibility for the English dub with Japanese or with Japanese soundtrack. Um, As it was screened in the cinema. Yeah, so, so the, the original plan was just to have English uh, dub with English soundtrack, Japanese audio with Japanese soundtrack. But a lot of people fed back that, that they wanted that third option and we are now working to deliver that. So we should also be able to give you that English dub with the original Japanese soundtrack as well. Um, Worth noting, it's still not 100% a lock because there's a lot of variables we're having to do to try and see if we can turn it around in that amount of time. But just know we are working on it, everybody. We are trying. Yeah, indeed. So that side um, also similar to uh, the Steelbook Collector's Edition, uh, the Japanese soundtrack CD will be included with music by, oh, what are they called again? Radwimps! That's it, Radwimps. 
Um, so that soundtrack will be there as well. But on top of all of that, you have a 128-page art book, which I would say one of my first things at Anime Limited was doing the initial QC part of that art book, and I was kind of in heaven going through that thing because that is comprehensive. Like as well as lots of awesome artwork, as you'd expect, like A, it's Makoto Shinkai, B, it's your name. It also has a massive amount of information, lots of really good cast interviews, um, and Makoto Shinkai himself has answered like almost literally like hundreds of questions from people who have kind of written in for the, the Japanese uh, release that we've translated, asked him all manner of some weird and wonderful questions about the film and the setting and the world and so on and so forth, all of which he answers in, in a, a quite precise amount of detail. So that is really fantastic. I do really love that book already. It's kind of like you imagine... It's like you imagine... You have all these questions submitted and usually there's, there's a filter to then get the questions that are actually given to Makoto Shinkai. It just seems like in some cases there was no filter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there was just some, some I mean, there's, there's one kind of like teaser. I can't remember what, uh, what characters it was, but there's a question about like, hey, you never mentioned what, what these characters' birthdays are. What are their birthdays? <laughs> Makoto Shinkai clearly just comes straight back. Oh yeah, it's this day and this day. And it's like, okay, you know, information you never thought you needed to know. But there you have it. That, but that's the level of comprehension is that even a word? It is now. It is now, there you go. Um, yeah, so art book, that's a big part of that release. It's, it's a really nice looking, uh, really nice looking art book. Fantastic stuff, like I, I couldn't get enough of QC in that. But that's not all either, um, because there are also a set of 10 art cards, uh, one of which is uniquely numbered, so basically you have a certificate of authenticity, this being a limited edition, um, limited to 2,000 units. So all of those will be numbered, so you can see which one you've got, etc, etc. There is also um, a folded A3 poster of the iconic key visual from the film. You know the one, it's kind of the one you've seen everywhere. The, the very blue one. Yeah, the very blue <laughs> one. It has a lot of sky in it, weirdly, for a Makoto Shinkai key hmm. um, So yeah, so that's, that's a really nice addition as well. Um, and there might be some more. There is one additional item that we're still kind of trying to get sort of cleared and squared away. Fingers crossed we can get that included within the release. Um, it's not completely set in stone and approved yet, so we can't talk about it, but I'm touching wood here right now, and hopefully we'll, we'll have that nice little addition in the set as well. Yeah, and it, it, to sort of not, to ch sort of put a little point on this, everybody, it's not like it's something monumentally groundbreaking. Mm. It's just a cool little thing that if we can include, it's almost just like a little like cherry on top almost to what is already gonna be a fantastic set. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's a little thing, but it's a notable thing if we can pull it off, mm. but, uh, but we, we shall see. But to be honest, it's a pretty good release already, if I may say so myself in our unbiased opinion. Yeah, right. <laughs> And the other thing to note as well, because I, we know that we knew that a few of you were gonna want to know this based on like past Ultimate Edition versions that we've done. This is a deluxe edition. It is not an Ultimate Edition. And one of the things that we have taken into consideration with designing this, and also from feedback on past Ultimate Editions as well, is the actual size of, for a better way of putting it, the overall size of the product itself. So in terms of height and how high it will be on your shelf. It is the same height as is our general collector's edition style release. This is the reason, one of the reasons why we've gone for a deluxe edition as the name, because it's it's more than a regular collector's edition, but it's not as big as an ultimate. 
So it's sort of at that middle ground, but height-wise, it will sit on your shelf proudly next to all of your other anime releases, and it will stick out like a sore thumb, but a good one, because it's your name. But at the same time, it will be nice and uniform with the rest of your collection. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we should mention at this point that uh, that it does come in a rigid outer case with a digipack inside, So, uh, and there's, again, some very nice artwork that, that people will recognise from some of our previous uh, theatrical posters, etc., etc., um, adorning the cover as well. And like we mentioned, everybody, head over to our website, alltheanime.com. You can see the listing in the, in the alltheanime.com exclusive section. And if you also go to blog.alltheanime.com or visit our social media links, because you'll, you'll find the, the link there, no doubt, you will be able to read the entire post detailing it. And we also included a bit of the FAQ as well for you and linking back to the original post and such. So you can get all of the information there. And as we say, this is coming out slightly later than the regular DVD, regular Blu-ray and the limited collector's edition steelbook version as that will be out on 6th of November, if I've got my dates right. That sounds familiar. Sounds like a good date to bring out some anime, sure. He says, Let's see if we've got that He says that not looking at his calendar at all, 6th of November. 6th of November. It's like I've got it burned into my brain. So the 6th of November is when that is out, and then 23rd of November is when the deluxe edition will be out. So it's a couple of weeks later. As we mentioned originally when we, when we said there's going to be a deluxe edition, the reason it's coming out a few weeks later, everybody, is simply because of production time. Because we obviously approvals have come a bit later on this, getting everything signed, everything signed off. Excuse me. Sometimes things just take a while longer. That is the way it rolls. Yeah, indeed. But it's uh, worth waiting for. I think it's fair to say if you're a big fan of the film in particular, and you know you uh, you want that that extra level of detail and content, it's uh, it's well worth checking out. And uh, Joe, talking about all the uh, all the anime.com exclusives, a quick shout out to everybody. If you haven't already, you can still pre-order your copy of our shop exclusive Tokyo Ghoul OVA Collector's Edition. That is going to be coming out before the end of September. It will simply be posted to you once it is available to be posted. And you can pre-order that right now. It includes the two OVAs, Jack and Pinto, in Japanese with English subtitles, as there's never been, never been an English dub created for it. So quite simply, there is no English dub of it. Of them, actually, because there's two of those. <laughs> Take your pick for which word is correct. So, yeah, very exciting time when it comes to release. And also, if you want to preview what is going to be coming out throughout the remainder of the year, head over to alltheanime.com, check out the release schedule page if you click the menu button in the top right corner, and you can get a preview as to what is coming out. And actually, you know what? Just go to the pre-order section because we've been adding loads of listings on there. Lots of provisional listings, but so you can get an idea as to the, the, uh, the wealth of titles that are coming, or, or the depth of titles that your wallet will, will feel not that wealthy for after. Yeah, I'm not sure what's more terrifying, being an anime fan and realising you're going to have to buy all these things, or, or working on this side of the fence and realising we've got to release all these things. Yeah, right. Because there's a lot going on for the fourth quarter of the year, it is fair to say. Indeed, but before we get to the fourth quarter, everybody, we've still got a couple of weeks to go in September, so worth mentioning that at the time we are recording, this coming Monday, the 18th of September, Part two of Charlotte as a standard DVD and a limited collector's edition Blu-ray and DVD set will be released as will be the standard, uh, I've got to say the standard definition Blu-ray, but that's not right. The standard edition Blu-ray 
of Escaflone the movie. And if you've not watched it before, worth noting, it is not a follow-on from Escaflone the movie. It is actually a retelling, but done in a very different visual style. It's almost like a reimagining of the Escaflone story, but in one condensed film, as it were. Mm, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting film to watch in that sense, because, you know, often you get films that are either recaps or they're kind of slight rehashes of, of the film with some some changes, you know, be they small or large. But the Escaflano movie is just such a massive departure. Like, visually, it's like, it looks incredibly different. Mm. And I really like the look of it visually, actually. And story-wise, it, it does a fair few different things as well. So it's not one of those cases of like, oh, there's no point watching this because it's just the TV series condensed down into a couple of hours. It's like, if you're, if you're into Escaflano, it's... You know, it's worth watching just because it's, it's a very different experience. Mm, I mean, check out the trailer if you've not already. It's on our Facebook page and also our YouTube channel. Just simply search for all the anime on both counts and you will find our channel. And yeah, check out the trailer because it, it, you'll instantly see from there how different the visual style is. Also out on, uh, not that day actually, but the week after, the 25th of September, everybody, the standard edition DVD of the Anthem of the Heart will be available. And then when it comes to dis uh, titles we are distributing, uh, distributing, oh, I'm, I'm not doing good today. It's Friday afternoon. I know, right? Distributing for our good friends at Funimation, Blaz Blue. I got it wrong again. I've done it again. Blaze, yeah, literally everybody, every time, quick deviation here. So since the podcast where we mentioned how you're meant to pronounce it properly, virtually every time I've said it wrong, I've called myself out on it. <laughs> I've just called out, I've gone, no, wrong, and I did it again. Blaze Blue, Alter Memory is on Blu-ray, as is part 18 of Fairy Tale. That will be released that day as well. However, just remember everybody, that is DVD because while we are trying to catch up on Fairy Tale, as it stands, we're only releasing the individual parts on DVD. Let's get through the rest of September because also next weekend, everybody, that being the, the couple of days before the releases I just mentioned, on the 23rd and 24th of September, all the anime will be... <clears throat> My voice cracked again there. I'm having great fun today. We will be at the MCM Glasgow Comic Con at the SECC on both days. There will be an anime guest of honour. Expect details to be announced that very, very soon. And there will also be a Scotland Loves Anime panel there as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Still waiting for 100% confirmation if there's going to be an all the anime panel now, just because there's a lot of stuff going on. But at the very least, you know you've got your hookup with those. And our all the anime shop will be there in full force as well. And speaking of uh, Scotland Loves Anime as well, don't forget on Saturday the 23rd in the afternoon, it's Crunchyroll Movie Night at the Glasgow Film Theatre as the first three episodes of The Ancient Magus's Bride are being shown ahead of its airing in October. Mm. Yay, anime. <laughs> <laughs> I had to think of a way to end that there, so there you go. So that kind of pays the bills, everybody. That's kind of the bulk of what we were going to talk about, to be honest. But I think we may have one or two more things to mention. So, Andy, anything you've uh, checked out at all since our last podcast? Anything in general? Yeah, well, I mean, not a huge amount because, as mentioned, moving house kind of uh, kind of puts paid to doing anything that isn't, doesn't involve boxes. Um, but, I mean, it's worth mentioning very briefly. We might as well talk a little bit about Night is Short Walk on Girl. Mm. It's had a couple of screenings <laughs> in a spoiler-free way because... Um, uh, I hadn't actually had a chance to watch it before the, the UK premiere up in Glasgow, so I was kind of... It was it was quite a day getting to, to meet Yuasa-san himself and then get to see that film for the first time. Um, and kind of as I expected, like as somebody who's a big fan of the Tasmi Galaxy, of which this work is adapted from a novel from the same author, it certainly shares a fair amount of DNA with that film. Um, 
so unsurprisingly I really enjoyed it like it's it's not as I don't know it kind of is as quick far as the Tatsumi Galaxy in a lot of ways but not in the same sense like Tatsumi mm. Galaxy is a blur of of dialogue and conversation a lot of the time you need to you really need to have the pause button on standby whereas yeah. with this there are some moments where the dialogue is like that but far far less than Tatami Galaxy yeah it, it's far more fast paced in terms of events rather than dialogue you know there's a, a lot happens a lot gets crammed into this is one of those films where like it doesn't feel like it's only sort of 90 something minutes running time you feel like you've got a couple of hours worth of film out of mm. it and then you realise that you've only actually been watching it for kind of like 90 minutes or so because you know a, a lot happens as, as the, t- the title alludes to you know one of the core tenets of the film is kind of the passage of time and how you know a, a very short night can seem incredibly long when a lot's going on or you know time can seem to be moving too fast for, for other reasons um, and uh, and this film actually kind of encapsulates that within itself because so much is going on and because it's engaging and entertaining and very eye-catching um, with all its kind of use of, of colour and sort of interesting framing and, and shots and movement um, you know it, the time just flies by watching that film uh, but no, it's really enjoyable. Like, if you're a fan of the Tatami Galaxy, you absolutely have to watch this. If you've not seen the Tatami Galaxy, you're going to miss a few little references and kind of callbacks. But I don't think it really impinges upon your viewing particularly. Like you can still go into it cold and, and get a lot out of it. Um, and the other thing to mention that, that I feel hasn't really been brought up around the film is... It also reminds me, sometimes almost more than the Tatsumi Galaxy, of another of uh, Tomohiko Morami's novels, which has had an anime adaptation, uh, The Eccentric Family. Because um, mm. that is uh, two seasons of anime now that, much like uh, Nightly Short, is also set in Kyoto. And Eccentric Family in particular almost has a real kind of love affair with Kyoto to the point where it almost becomes a character in itself. Like the the locations and the backdrops and the setting for all of these things that are going on in this kind of world of, of sort of Tanaki and, and Tengu and humans, it kind of, it all plays together in a way where the location actually becomes really important and kind of Kyoto becomes like this key part of, of the series. And Night Short kind of reminded me of that as well because it's very clearly set in Kyoto and the way it kind of uses that city and kind of the various sort of settings and, and sort of the the locations around it are actually kind of almost an intrinsic part of that film of what kind of holds it all together. So, yeah, I don't know. I got a bit of a feeling of, of kind of that as well. So if you've seen The Eccentric Family, uh, second season is on Crunchyroll, first season on Blu-ray from MVM Entertainment. If you've seen that show and like that, then again, like this is worth checking out because it has, it has similar sensibilities. Like I think... Uh, I think Moromi's stories are really good at... Even when they have kind of supernatural characters, they're really good at kind of digging into sort of the human condition in some interesting ways that I feel like other authors don't. You know, The Night of Shorts is a really good example of that because it's not... There's no sort of massive forced character drama or anything like that. You know, it is literally just a day in the life of, of these characters and you sort of get this snapshot of their lives but it kind of speaks to a sort of to something a bit deeper and, and a bit more philosophical under the surface of that and that, that's something that I really like and I think that Night is Short actually brings out really well but without ever getting too heavy about it like it's still a good laugh out loud entertaining film at the same time as that completely agree and 
the one thing that was very interesting and sort of seeing, for want of a better way of phrasing it, the build-up to these two premiere events was how some people, you know, quite fairly, because it is, a, it is very unique, they kind of said, oh, I just can't get into that animation mm. style. It is a very different-looking anime, but it's one of those ones that take it for what it is and just, just go on the ride. That's how I kind of almost want to pitch it to people. It's a really fun ride. It's very wacky. There are going to be some situations you won't believe, but it's just really good laugh-out-loud fun. And just, just make sure you're ready for the subtitles because there's a lot of dialogue. And as mentioned, it's not as in, insanely fast-paced as the Tatami Galaxy, which is also probably one, of, which is also the reason that it's never the Tatami Galaxy specifically has never been dubbed. Because there's probably physically no way you could say all of that dialogue unless you actually slow the show down. Yeah, it would be a nightmare to, to do ADR on that's for sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean the, the visual side of things. I mean, I, I should say personally, I really like the visual. I really like the visual style. Yeah, I think it's also worth noting that it's not quite as out there as say if you've seen Ping Pong the animation, which I think is even more divisive. Like mm. that has a very very kind of stylized look to it. Whereas this is certainly stylized and its use of kind of colour, etc, etc, is, is quite unique. Um, but it's not quite as scrappy, almost, I guess, is, is mm. the word, in the nicest possible way. Like, ping-pong is deliberately very kind of, you know, things can, can deform. It's, it's all very sort of rough and ready to kind of portray the action of that series, whereas this is, this is a bit more restrained and considered in a lot of ways. I mean, I'd actually say it's probably one of US's more restrained works in terms of in terms of its visuals, but uh, but that was also one of the interesting parts of the, the Q and A session on on both uh, mm. uh, both screenings because I mean we did we did talk with USSN about uh, about the style of, of of his works because you know he's one of the few kind of animators that has basically gone kind of all in on digital. Um, there's not really any hand drawn animation there; it's all done using digital tools um, like Flash, etc., etc., which. It's interesting to hear him talk about it because Flash in particular in the West has gotten a very bad rap because a lot of people use it poorly in, in Western cartoons. Um, and so people tend to recoil instantly as soon as you say, oh yeah, this is animated using Flash because they assume that it means it's cheap and cheerful and kind of, you know, not looking very good. Whereas actually, Night is Short, and I've not seen Lou Over the Wall yet, but by all accounts that's kind of in a similar vein of showing how you use that properly. Um, and it was interesting to kind of hear him talk about that particular pipeline and, and why they use those tools. So uh, that was quite kind of interesting from a, a more technical perspective if you're a, a, a broader animation nerd, which again, you know, a, a good thing to point out if you're on the fence about going to see this film, if you're interested in the art of animation and, you know, the actual, the actual kind of labour of it, if you like, of, of, you know, creating a work like this, this is a really interesting thing to watch because it's not like your typical anime. It is something a bit different in terms of how it was produced. And if you're a, a student or just simply interested in the form, this is absolutely worth watching to kind of get a feel for, for a different way of producing this kind of stuff from the, the traditional. Yeah, when you were mentioning about, you know, Flash has a, a, a bad rap in the West, just to sort of mm. give it an overall feeling. That can happen in many cultures in general on different things. It's Jeremy Trusting one around and around to back up his point. Um I mean I think you could use Well, well it's just oh, so I'm trying to think of the best way. It's like, for example, maybe the type of a certain type of music that's made. Yeah. It's like, you know, over if it's made in Britain it may not be as good, but then you go to Japan 
and you know it really encapsulates that kind of style of music or vice versa it's like it's, it's just different people's interpretations of how you can use it and how you can implement what's in front of you yeah well yeah I mean music was the example I was going to give you things like sampling for example you know you can mm. grab a bunch there are artists out there that are really lazy and just grab a bunch of samples from popular songs mash them all together and say hey look at this thing we've made and that's not very impressive but you can look at other artists that will take samples and do very interesting and or subtle things with them mm. and create really good music around that using those samples and using that tool set in a way that is really fantastic and innovative. And, and this is that's kind of really how it works with animation as well. You know, you've got the tool there. It's all about how you use it. Well, to use another music example, actually, this is what I was going to go with now I've actually got my brain in gear, is when a band or a group covers a song, so when they take a song that's widely known or has been out for ages, but then they do their own version of it, sometimes a band will just do a straight-up cover. Mm. Like, kind of sound pretty much identical. And it's like, okay, that's cool. You've sort of done your... You've covered it. Then there are some bands who will take it but do it in very much their own style. Like, you can still hear the core element of the song, but it's very much their sound. Yeah. And then you get some who actually do, like, a full-blown remix... And in some cases, actually can make the song better. I think that the prime example I can give to that is the song by Tears for Fears, uh, Shout, it's called. When Disturbed, on their first album, The Sickness, they covered it. And the guys from Tears for Fears, because it was like a really heavier version of it, the Tears for Fears guys pretty much just went, that's kind of what we wanted to do. Like, this is kind of what we really were aiming for and wanted to be able to do, but we just couldn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cover versions are, are a good example of that as well. I mean, the the one that we springs to mind for me on on a kind of a different uh, different track is the uh, Soft Cells Tainted Love. Apologies if you're under thirty and you have no idea what that song is, but hey, go look it up. It's probably on YouTube. But like a lot of people don't realize that's actually a cover version. It's actually a mm -hmm. song from I think it was the fifties, which is a completely different kind of style. Basically, just the same. Baseline tune and lyrics, but it kind of gets completely reworked, you know, several decades later, and actually, you know, becomes a hit in a way which the original never was, and stuff like that. You know, again, is really interesting, and it just shows, you know, you can take the the, the basic idea of something and then do very different things with it. And then you look at what Marilyn Manson did with the song, and yeah, exactly, he did it in, in his very much his own vision. Yeah, his very much. I was going to say direct vision but that's not even the correct way to phrase it just in a very Marilyn Manson way yeah, that, yeah, it's the only way you can describe it really but uh, but yeah like, I, I love Night of Short Look, one point I did want you want to, to bring up that you mentioned as well was how long it is it is only about 90 minutes but boy does it pack a lot into that oh, yeah. but you don't feel tired after it I just except it was the second time I had I got a chance to see it when I saw it at the Glasgow premiere and I just came out of that film and just went oh it's just such good fun there's so much in there, and I'm sure it's one of those films where you can find lots of little nuggets of little things hidden in the background. Yeah, well, yeah. If you're if you're paying attention, but because there's so much dialogue, you are focused very much on the screen. Mm. But even if you just watch the film and just don't look at look, look at the subtitles, I'm sure you will see so much in there. Yeah, well, I think that was one of the questions in the Glasgow Q and A, wasn't it? Somebody was talking about the rewatchability of mm. of Uasa's works in in general. But I think Night Short is a good example of that. That you can go back to it, watch it again because it's it's a busy film, you know, in terms of, of the events that happen, but also there's quite a lot going on on screen at times. And, and, you know, it is worth watching multiple times to, to kind of get, to get everything out of it. I mean, you know, even watching it 
twice in three days because I then watched it again at the, the both the Glasgow and London screenings. You know, there's still there's kind of a, an extra level that you can get out of it. I think on on a second watch. So so yeah, that's that's certainly the case. Um, and it's it's interesting as well. Actually, um, one thing that I, I think you asked the same, perhaps underestimated the audience on because before both screenings he pointed out that uh, and again anybody who's seen the Tatsumi Galaxy will know this is that there's a, a cowboy called Johnny in there and he, he went to great lengths to explain what that represents whereas I think actually everybody would have even without that note would have been clued in on what that character represents in the film because <laughs> it's really pretty obvious without too much thought mm. But great fun, as we say, and 4th of October is when you will be able to catch that in the cinema, everybody. And make sure you stay tuned to thenightisshortmovie.co.uk to see where it will be screened. And as we mentioned, Odeon Cinemas have got their listings up now, but we will have our dedicated ticket site with all the listings where you can catch it coming very, very soon. And I think on that note, I think we're going to wrap up here, actually. We've actually gone far more longer than I thought we would, just over half an hour. So thank you very much for listening, everybody. We really appreciate it. Make sure you visit our website, alltheanime.com. You can contact us via social media on Twitter and Facebook if you search for All The Anime, all one word. And yeah, we'll be back next week, I imagine, with another show. Chances are it will be a bit earlier in the week or maybe recorded earlier in the week because we do have Glasgow Comic Con next weekend. So chances are there will still be a show on Friday, but I'm going to make sure we probably get one recorded a little bit earlier. And uh, hopefully plans don't get scuppered kind of like they did this week. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, it may just be as despairing at uh, the forthcoming Comic-Con and, and, <laughs> and whether we'll survive that weekend, but I'm sure we'll manage to do something that isn't sobbing. <laughs> but uh, yes, like I said, everybody, thank you very much for listening. Really, really appreciate it. Hopefully my voice won't sound as croaky, crackly and deep either next week following me having been shouting at an Arsenal football match the night before. Lots of shouting at Germans who were in, in shockingly close proximity. Uh, do you know what? We might as well mention this before we go off air. So, if you don't want to hear football talk, everybody, shut off now. I'm telling you now, it's football talk for the next couple of minutes. So, at the Arsenal game last night, the Europa League group group stage match, it was FC Cologne v Arsenal at the Emirates Stadium in London. And for the 2,900 allocation that the FC Cologne fans had, 20,000 Germans descended upon London and were like celebrating in their own way that they were after 25 years they're back in a cup competition but it, the 2,900 tickets were all gone but they were also loads of the other fans managed to get into the home end areas including the area where I was where I'm pretty sure there's probably roughly a thousand people in the section I'm normally in which are all Arsenal fans maybe occasionally like tourists and stuff but I'm pretty sure I was one of 10 Arsenal fans in this section and when we scored those goals, boy, did I cheer loudly, everybody. Like, it was good banter and stuff. That the, 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 German, the German fans were really, really sound. So much so that when we equalised at 1-1, they started chanting, uh, you only sing when you're winning. To which I then just shouted, but we're not winning! And then a bunch of the Germans around me just laughed. And that kind of... Like, there was loads of problems outside the stadium, you know, bit of crowd trouble inside and whatnot, but... It wasn't. It was intimidating when this was all sort of coming together and the kickoff got delayed an hour and whatnot. But it really does go to show, and I think you to sort of try and bring this into an anime sense as well. It's it's things like this, like a comic con or something, that just bring people together. Mm. And it just goes to show that it doesn't matter what the circumstances, you can still have a really good laugh. 
and just get into the atmosphere. And it's like when we see loads of people cosplay at Comic-Con. And when people come in like big groups and they've all like thought about it together, what character they are, if they're like from a particular point in an anime or something. It's always really cool to see and just see that camaraderie among fans and people. Yeah, I mean, it, meeting people with any kind of shared passion is, is always fun. Um, and yeah, you know, there are always some bad apples that will kind of take their own opinions or what they love or don't love to extreme. But like for the most part, people just want to celebrate like, hey, anime is great or football is great or whatever it is. And just, just you know, talk about it and share in that unbridled love for things. And uh, yeah, you know, that's one of the great things about going to a live football game or going to a comic con. So short cliff notes there. Come to Scotland Comic Con next week if you're in the area. Yeah, there you go, mcmcomiccon.com. And, uh, and talking about what you were saying about everyone can come together over a, a common goal, like th there was some violence in the stadium and I took a video of it and posted it on Twitter, just kind of going, oh, it's kicked off here. And I ended up getting an Italian fan magazine, a Japanese news site, and the Daily Mirror asking, can they use my video in their coverage? And I just told them politely, I appreciate you asking, but no. And the reason I didn't want them to use it wasn't because I was being like, oh, you know, I don't want the press to use my footage. It's just because I don't want to, I don't want to be part of that group of people that tries to, like, well, what's the word? It just puts a bad rap on football. Yeah. Because stuff like that happens in every game. Like, yeah. there's always a bit of a scuffle. And yeah, this, you know, you could argue was a bit extreme in some ways, but I, I didn't want to be part of that group of people like denigrating football or whatever the word de demonizing it yeah yeah i mean there, there's there's always that that desire to to get the headline from from doing that and if, again like outside of football you, you see similar things but like yeah you know there were plenty of photos and, and video going around of the crowd trouble the stuff that you will probably see less of in the papers is the the videos people are posting today of you know Arsenal and Cologne fans having you know sing-offs in pubs and you know having mm. a generally good time and getting on really well with each other. So you know there are there are two sides to those kind of stories. And also as well, worth noting that in the section where I was, because obviously some of the fans right down the front and lower tier were causing some problems and stuff. It, the fans around us were actually going, I'm really embarrassed by mm. those fans. Yeah. So it's not even like they're all part of it. But what to, to sort of wrap up this sort of, to wrap up Jeremy and Andy's football talk, uh, the other thing that was really, really cool was I'm having, I was having it explained to me that Cologne is a very much a football city. Mm. Like it's very, very football. And the team has gone through some really bad raps. They've gone through lots of relegation, lots of hard times, and they've worked their way back up. And for the first time in 25 years, they're in a European competition. And that's why when they only got an allocation of 2,900 tickets, like the club asked, oh, can we get more tickets? We, like, more fans want to come. And it was like, we can't give you any more tickets. Mm. And that's why 20,000 fans descended on London, because it was that important to them that they wanted to be part of this history-making moment for their club. And apparently as well... 20,000 fans going to a Cologne game is very normal. Yeah, just 20,000 fans descending, whether they've got a ticket or not, Just this is just common. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cologne's home attendance is all, all 50,000 most weeks, mm. so, you know, you can imagine, you know, that that's that's only kind of like a third of their support, basically, mm. you know, descended upon London, but uh, that was still plenty, isn't it? And it's kind of like when you get to Comic-Con as well, you just see that the you see all the cosplayers and fans just descend yes. upon this one venue, and that is one of the reasons why I always get excited about Comic-Cons, even though... Like, from our perspective working it, it is incredibly hard work. There's a lot that goes on. 
but it is always great fun and being able to talk to loads of people who are sharing the same passion as you, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah, totally. Although we'll, we will quiz you on that in, in two weeks' time and see whether you're still saying the same. Yeah, right, yeah. On, so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, we've gone on a bit longer. We've gone on way longer than I thought we would. But, uh, but thank you very much for listening, everybody. As I mentioned, alltheanime.com and hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at alltheanime. From Jeremy and Andy, we're signing out. Talk to you soon and hopefully speak to you next week, if not after Glasgow Comic Con. See ya. Bye, everyone.